When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book, Tuesdays with Maury, the author of the upcoming book, The Little Liar, which will be released in less than a month now. Very excited about that book. In the weeks to come, I'll share more details about it. Very proud of that, of this particular novel. And as it turns out, since it's about a family set against the backdrop of the Holocaust, uh, it is proving to be very timely, uh, given all the things that are going on in the world right now. But that's for, that's for another day. Lisa Goitsch is alongside my friend and producer of this program. Always good to see you, Lisa. It's always nice to see you, Mitch. And I've been seeing a lot of promo for your new book. So that's a good thing. It's everywhere. Good. I can't wait to read it. It's set in Greece, right? It is set in Greece. Yes. Yes. A place that I lived when I was younger. Yes. And, uh, and a place that I hope to live when I retire. <laughs> You're always welcome to come visit us. Okay, yeah, be happy <laughs> to do that. Um, so you might recall that last week I spoke about the sudden death of a friend and we talked about if you had to make a choice, would you want to go quickly or would you want a you know, more prolonged exit from this world? In between that podcast and this one, we had the memorial service for my friend Donna, who passed away. And at the memorial service, something happened that I thought was very instructive and I thought would make a good subject for today's podcast. And that is the role of humor and laughter when death enters your world. At this memorial service, there were four speakers one of them was Katie Couric, who you probably know from television, the Today Show, and all the many things that she CBS News and all that that she did. Katie and Donna were old, old friends from you know, right out of college when they started in the news business, and they had remained friends. She spoke. Donna's two sons spoke, and Donna's husband spoke, and then the rabbi of the uh, event kind of wrapped it up. In each case. The speaker used humor as part of what they said. Mm. So much so that a friend of mine who is Catholic, kind of devoutly so, and more used to traditional Catholic funerals, said to me afterwards, I've never been to a funeral service like that. People were like laughing. Uh, it was so joyous. It was, I've, I've, been, I've never been to anything like that. And I realized that depending on your background and your culture and your, and your sometimes ethnicity and religion, all memorial services or all funerals are hardly alike. And some things that are considered appropriate at one are considered inappropriate at another. Humor is one of them. 
Now, I am a great believer in if a life was spent in laughter, then why recall somebody solemnly oh, when yeah. it's time to remember them? Mm-mm. If anything, the laughter is what you're going to miss. The laughter is what you're going to cherish. The laughter should be the thing that you celebrate, right? Absolutely. When, when you're recalling the person you're recalling. So Katie Couric spoke about Donna when they were younger and when they were starting out in TV news. And she said, we, we started so early in TV news. We worked in the industry when harass was two words instead of one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and everybody laughed. And you know, she talked about how Donna, who was very cute when she was younger, well, she was cute her whole life, but would get hit on all the time by you know these different reporters and you know made fun of it and had some laughs about it. Uh, and uh she referred to one particular person who was a senior correspondent at the network and how she and Donna being so young would refer to him as a senile correspondent <laughs> uh, and things like that. And, and so there, there was, there was just, you know, there were laughs and, and people at first there were a little like, uh, um, is this appropriate? You know, the sort of like halting laughter, but then as there were more jokes, sort of like, well, everyone else is laughing. I'll laugh, you know, and, and they did. Yeah. And it got, you know, a little deeper and a little deeper like that. Uh, when her sons got up to speak, now one of her sons is fair. Uh, it's kind of unfair because he's, he's a comedy writer. So that's what he does. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's only right that uh, he should throw in a few lines. So he was talking, his name is Zach, and he was talking about um, the time that his mother told him about her baby, baby brother, because she was pregnant with the baby brother. And, um, he, he described her as, uh, I remember the day that my mother broke the bad news that there was going to be another, (laughs) (laughs) just the way that he said it like that was so funny, you know, that's funny. Yeah. And, um, there were, there were just so many, uh, he, I'm reading from, I have his copy of his eulogy here. Uh, one time the Dalai Lama was in New York and she wanted to go see him speak, but we couldn't get tickets. So we somehow snuck in and we ended up near the side of the stage where he was speaking. And the entire row leading to us was Tibetan monks. So it was the Dalai Lama speaking to a whole bunch of monks and then mom and me, you know, which of course everybody <laughs> right. loved that. You know? And they snuck uh, into it, which is so funny. Sneaking yeah, into a holy yeah, uh, man's. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, she uh, she said uh, she gave me George Carlin and Steve Martin albums before I could use the monkey bars. Well, I still can't use the monkey bars. <laughs> and and everybody laughed and, and everybody had a release on every one of the laughs, even when her husband, Bernie, got up, who was certainly shell shocked by the whole thing. But he said, I know she's watching over us right now. I know she's here. And so I just want to say, yes, I will water the plants. 
Oh, that's funny. Week, you know? <laughs> uh, and and uh, it is such a mechanism to get through the grief. And every t- every time that you laugh physically, you feel like a release of mm-hmm. something that has a grip on you. Otherwise, the the trauma and the horror of losing somebody grips you so tightly, almost like a vest that's being pulled. And then you laugh and it, it expands a little bit. And yeah. you get to breathe a little bit more. Have you noticed that when you get a laugh in a, in, in a moment like that? And I'm oh, sure, Lisa, in, in the case of uh, especially your mother, who is a very funny person in her own way, that humor played a big part in the ceremony and for remembering her, did it not? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think all the speeches were funny speeches because she was funny. All her friends, any stories that any of her friends share about her are funny things that my mom had done in her life. Um, And even in the book that I wrote, 14 Days, about my mom's death, the, the thing I get most from strangers who read the book is, wow, I wasn't expecting this book to be funny, mm-hmm. you know, and they really appreciate that aspect of the book because it's not just like, oh, my mom's dying. Um, it was I, I purposely made it funny because that's who she was. And I think that it's important. And one other thing I want to say, a friend of mine, when he died, um, we went to his memorial service and I wrote a s- speech um, to share at the thing. And, and in it, he was a really great chef. Okay. And I wrote him a confessional letter confessing to him one that the cast iron pan that he bought me and told me never to wash. I wash constantly because I'm too weirded out about not washing my pans. And two, I once (laughs) for a Thanksgiving dinner, I'm not a great cook. Um, I, brought this Trader Joe's pre-made corn pudding to the thing, but I put it in a nice dish. I baked it in my own dish, not in the plastic containers it comes in. And Steve was eating this stuff. He's like, this is the best corn pudding I've ever had. I'm like, thank you. He goes, do you have the recipe? I'm like, yeah. I didn't have the heart to tell him that I um, didn't make it myself. Right. And so I had to scour the internet looking for a recipe, sent it to him. He tried to make it, said it never tasted the same. So at his funeral, I had to um, fess up to him that I, I lied. <laughs> and so anyway, the point well, of that, that was is, the time. Yeah. Yes. The point of it is everybody at the funeral afterwards was like coming up to me and going, oh, my God, that was hilarious. That was so great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think people appreciate humor at times like that. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What 
flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Even Maury, when he was talking to me about ALS, I remember one of the biggest laughs I had internally, maybe not so loud outside, uh, was when I asked him about what he knew about Lou Gehrig's disease. This is what he said. I haven't read a lot. I've read some. I knew enough to know that it was fatal. I knew enough about Lou Gehrig since he was my day. And I remember his speech. You know, and all that sort of thing, which you probably know very well. Today, well, luck. I feel like luckiest man face of the earth yeah well i didn't say that (laughs) i've told that line so many times (laughs) over in talking about maury yeah i I didn't say that and it's sometimes people call it black humor it's sort of laughing in the face of tragedy but it's all part of the god-given ability to find a laugh when we need it the most and i honestly believe that laughter is not just something that we are blessed to have periodically. I believe laughter is as crucial to life as water and oxygen. Yes. And I think that there's a reason that we laugh and very few other animals do. Now, I know other animals express joy in their own way. And, you know, certainly dogs that leap up and down are happy and and uh, you can see chimpanzees messing around with each other. And, and I'm sure there are other animals. I'm not well-versed in the animal kingdom uh, that express it. But the, I think that the physical act of laughter at an idea, at an idea, not at a funny face that something may make but, but at a, you know, or at a piece of food, but at an idea that is uniquely human. And to be able to laugh at our memories, that is uniquely human. And I believe that God gave us this ability to cope with the other things that come with being deep thinkers, which is understanding tragedy and horror and fear and anxiety and depression. These are all things that also come from thinking. You know, you don't you don't see, I see deer outside my window every time I broadcast here. We're blessed to live out in the woods here. And so it's always deer outside my window. Probably a couple of them right now on the lookout. And, and I always say, but that deer doesn't get depressed. That deer <laughs> doesn't have, uh, you know, deep thoughts about its future. It it's doesn't tax. worry about time. It's tax running. payments. <laughs> it doesn't worry about taxes. Yeah. But on the other hand, that deer isn't, doesn't laugh at a memory. You know, and we have that ability to laugh at memories. And I believe we were given it as a as a weapon, as a tool, as a way of getting through this life. And 
when I see little Naughty, our little uh, almost two-year-old, who laughs if I if she eats like spaghetti or something like that, or she's eating, and she puts it in her mouth, and so I do a little like like that kind of sound. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God, she looks at me and she just explodes in laughter. And I do it again and she explodes in laughter. And you can see the joy that it brings her. That it's just, it's a feeling like she wants to keep laughing. She wants you to do yeah. it again because she wants to feel that feeling of laughter. She wants to laugh again. And she doesn't even understand what the concept of laughter is, but she knows that it feels good to laugh. And so do it again, do it again, do it again. So she can laugh again. You know, and every time I do it, she has the same explosion of laughter that teaches us that this is a primal thing that we have been given and we shouldn't run away from it. Well, it is. And it, I mean, it releases endorphins, right? When mm-hmm. you laugh, I mean, um, studies I'm sure have been done on this somewhere. Right. Um, I think that release of endorphins is a healing mechanism. So like you're saying, I think it's inherently built into us to be able to get through moments of sadness and grief. Um, did you see Pete Davidson's Saturday night live yeah. old open? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of the subject of that too. You know, he was saying, you know, um, he's gotten through, you know, he was, a, his dad was killed at nine 11. And, um, and he said, what got him through that was humor. And, and I think also to say that at this time, you know, we're doing this show now, not to, not to insult anybody, but hope that the humor makes everybody feel a little bit better. So, right. um, I think it's very true, you know, and com- comedians, I was a comedian in case our listeners don't know for like 20 some years. And, um, you know, comedians always have that statement too soon, you know, like <laughs> it's always right. like too soon you'll say right. something. And, and that really is, I mean, it's a joke, but it, it's a real question, right? There is a fine line between when is it right to say something and right. when is it not? And I think that's the name of this podcast is too soon. Question yeah. mark. <laughs> Never, uh, when it comes to remembering somebody because, um, now it's certainly too soon to in use insulting humor. There's a big oh, difference yeah. between, yeah. Roast you know, uh, it's so funeral. sad. It's so sad that Fred died, uh, tragically. Of course he was bigger than a house, you know? Okay. <laughs> that's not the kind no. of humor I'm talking about. I'm talking about remembering memories that, yeah. that make you laugh. When you my mom, when my mom passed away and I delivered the eulogy, I remember I was constantly searching for every paragraph to have at least a joke somewhere in it at some point, along mm-hmm. with all the tributes. And I was I, there. I remember, I remember telling everybody, yes, you were, I remember telling everybody that my mother actually said to me in a fit of trying to come and organize things for me, you know, Mitchie, which she used to call me, if you just let me. I could organize your whole life, you know, <laughs> and she, she meant it, you know, like so sincerely yes. she didn't realize how, how like controlling that was. And, <laughs> right. and, and when I said it, everybody laughed. And of course I laughed too. And it was such a relief because I was crying, of course, as you talk about your, your, your parted mother. And so were Jake and, and Zach, the two sons of my friend Donna, they were crying as they were telling these jokes. You yeah. Know? Katie Kirk was crying and, and, and Bernie has her, her husband was crying, but the laughter enabled the tears to flow with a little less pain. Yeah. And so if you are thinking about, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with somebody who has, uh, was recently lost, uh, or if you're going to visit somebody, uh, who lot recently lost somebody, understand that the, 
the, the positive humor, again, not the insulting humor, but the positive humor and the, and the memories of the funny things, how soothing mm-hmm. and medicinal, really, yeah, that laughter can be. Oh, totally. I, I, I'm sure that someone has said it more eloquently than me, but I do think that laughter is God's medicine. And, you know, uh, we create our own medicine here uh, out of drugs and plants and compounds. Uh, But God gives us, you know, faith and laughter, I think, as medicine to get through our own lives. And 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 certainly in the case of our friend, that laughter was was a welcome guest, a welcome guest in the uh, in the house at that point. Uh. So. um, you know, I just was thinking about that recently and thinking how often Maury made me laugh. And when people talk to me about my time with Maury and they say, you know, how did you handle that every week? You were going and sitting with somebody who was dying. And I said, you know, I, I don't really remember it that way as, oh, here we go. I have to sit with somebody who's dying. Most of the time we were laughing. You know, most of the time I was teasing him. He was teasing me. He would say, uh, I have a lot of pep. And I, I say, mm-hmm. oh, pep. He says, what's the matter? Kids don't say pep anymore. You know, <laughs> no more. They don't say pep anymore. Uh, you know, when I said that he wanted me to talk to him at his grave and uh, I said, well, you won't be able to talk back. And he said, well, I'll make you a deal. You talk. I'll listen. You know, even even in the final hours that he had, he was still making jokes, you know, finding yeah. the humor in the in the in the sadness and. There is no shame in that, and there is no harm in that. Um, and in, in point of fact, it's quite the opposite. It does great things for you. So, um, absolutely. Remember, you have that, and don't lose it. And I know you don't, Lisa, because you're funny all the time and always looking for uh, a and laugh. If I, if I die, Mitch, and if you uh, are able to come to my funeral, which I hope you are, um, uh, you're assuming that I'm going to I'm going to be around when you're not. <laughs> Well, just in case, well, you work out and stuff. I think you're healthy. Okay, than I, all um, right. I, I you work assume, out and stuff. I just assume you'll be, you're be around longer. Okay, good um, to know that that's all it takes. <laughs> just have to work out. Yeah, you do. You're very healthy and active and peppy. You're full of pep, Mitch. Full of pep. All um, right, so if I come please, to your funeral. Yeah, please make sure people are saying funny stuff. I want it all to be funny. I want people to have a blast. I want good stories. You can make fun of me, do whatever you want, you know, just... Have a ball. I don't want it to be sad. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Hopefully that's of some use. We always appreciate talking to you on our little podcast here every week. Lisa Goitz puts it together and you can find more of our previous podcasts and more about our podcast at wetuesdaypeople.com on the web. Until we get a chance to speak with you again, on behalf of Lisa Goitz, I'm Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.